Hello and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches Lauren and Lindsay. Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve. If you'd like more of us or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hi, Lindsay. Hello, my love. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. It's not like we've just been sat here 15 minutes catching up. Always. Anyway. Always. But there are things that people don't need to hear. No, like Frank's just been sick in my kitchen <laughs> and I had to go clean that up. Delicious, grassy, chunky warm. and warm. It was, yeah, so. He's basically protesting because I came and sat in his seat. <laughs> That's exactly that what is, happened. He wasn't happy about that at all. He gave me the filthiest look and then just walked away and puked. <laughs> no, fuck this. <laughs> so thanks, Frank. Yeah. So today, um, what we're going to try and do is mix it up with our guests and just me and Lauren. Woo! Lauren and I, um, if I'm to use correct grammar. <laughs> um, so we have a few questions that we keep getting asked um, or that have been sent in on Instagram. So thank you very much for those. So we are going to start with... Um, what is the best amount of meals to have in a day? Lauren, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, if best amount of meals in a day, and I'm assuming this person is meaning because they would like to lose weight, or if it's just for general health. I would say this person is has training goals, has fitness and uh, yeah, cardiovascular mainly, and uh, strength goals. If you have training, particularly strength goals, but training goals, then you need to make sure that you are getting regular feedings throughout the day, especially of protein. So it's definitely important not to be skipping meals. Make sure you're getting like your three mains, a couple of snacks in there. Um, that's if we're going for obviously training. Well, in general, even with fat loss, I think um, keeping your breakfast in there is important. But yeah, what do you reckon? I agree. Um, I mean, personally, I think like, really whatever suits you and your work life training balance um there's there's not really a one size fits all on this at all like some people do really well just eating twice a day um some people really need to eat more regularly than that and it depends also on how much neat exercise you're getting and how active you are overall as to sort of how hungry or how satiated you are um, what i would say is trying to make your meals um satisfying um by including some fats and always prioritizing protein and i know because you are training um you want to be getting that protein in for your recovery and you want to be timing your some carbohydrates as well around pre-training and post-training alongside your protein to optimize your muscle gains and um energy levels for for what you're doing so but there is not a perfect amount of meals it really does depend on like what you know, some people who've got like a job where maybe they can 
eat first thing on a morning and they don't feel that hungry on a first thing on a morning because they've got other priorities you know then it might be like more of a brunch situation Mm -hmm. but then they might train later on a night and they need to have like a later afternoon small meal to you know just a snack and then a bigger evening meal um there has um i was just watching a video the other day on a study um about you know t- your calorie intake and it doesn't matter if you, if you have more calories on a morning or more calories on an evening um your if you have say a fat loss goal um if you're eating within your calories it, the timing of those meals is pretty irrelevant it's what you're taking in um and the quality of your nutrition mm-hmm. um and movement that counts yeah, exactly. If your target is 2,000 calories a day, it doesn't matter whether you front load, back load, or whatever throughout the day, as long as it's 2,000. What I would say is for a lot of people, if they are trying to fast of some sort, or they're not eating breakfast because they think, oh, I'll save on the cows and skip breakfast and wait until lunch to eat, if they're then starving at lunchtime, you will generally overeat and you'll eat back the calories anyway as well as being more preoccupied by food because you've skipped breakfast and you're thinking about it all morning, stomach's growling, your mood, focus, energy is all down. Again, this is dependent on everybody. Not not everybody needs something at breakfast, but for a lot of people it does help with you know appetite regulation, getting your protein feedings in, that kind of stuff to then help not overload on the calories at the back end of the day. And I think I mentioned in my PCOS podcast as well that women with PCOS actually do do better by front loading calories meaning having a bigger more substantial breakfast and smaller dinners that's not really in line with what we do as a society though so it's quite a hard one to do with getting the kids ready for school getting up in the morning making it feeling hungry for it and then at dinner times you're sat in front of the tv everyone's got a massive portion of chili and you know, it's just not well we also know that if you well, we are all more inclined to eat more on an evening because mm. generally we, that's when we all sort of switch off from doing work and jobs and being busy. And it's that kind of, again, a little bit of preoccupation or filling the time with something. And the easiest thing often is the food that's in the cupboard in the next room. Um. So, yeah, if you are already feeling really hungry because you've tried to, you know, fast and, and you're trying to reduce calories by then probably won't work for you when you are more likely to overeat on an evening and, and increasingly so because of of the fact that we're already kind of predisposed to do that um in today's sort of society because of how our days are set out but then yeah double whammy of if you've already tried to restrict yourself and then you're really really hungry and dissatisfied of an evening then you're going to be really going in on those Schnags. Mm. <laughs> so basically, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> which is the answer to most of the questions, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but this leads us also onto, um, some myths that we we wanted to bust. Um, we we have got some other questions which we'll come back onto, but I think one of the things is um. So if we're talking about fasting, which we do get asked about, I I've been asked about it recently as well. That oh, what do you think about it? And to be honest, again, I am. It depends because for some people it will work really well, and if you are the kind of person who isn't that bothered about maybe having lunch or you have a bigger breakfast and then you can sort of go through and you're really busy through the day and you are at a desk and you don't have time particularly to be running backwards and forwards to the fridge if you you know if you're working from home or you're at an office 
at a desk and you literally, as one of my clients was, said they felt like they had their hand nailed to the desk, like literally couldn't move away from there to eat, um, then maybe that would be a good answer. Um, but as Lauren said, it really depends on whether you are, how able you are to adhere to that. It is not, we've said it before, there is no one right answer. There is no magic pill. It is not the fasting that leads to the weight loss or fat loss. It is the fact that you are creating a deficit and that is the route that you have chosen. Yes, that is what it is ultimately because I think fasting gets... People who lose a lot of weight fasting then preach about fasting, but actually all, all they have done is create that energy or calorie deficit. It wasn't the fasting, that's just the method that they chose because it worked yeah. for their lifestyle and that's great for them, but all they have done there is create a calorie deficit and you can do that in a million different but ways. But this is it, isn't it? It's like people who are like, oh, keto's amazing, keto yeah. changed my life. And it's like, well, actually it was the calorie deficit yep. that changed your life. Yep. Like if you restrict in any way, like, oh, I don't eat carbs because, I mean, pretty much this, this, the same sort of thing. But, you know, if you if you exclude bread from your diet, for example, I stopped having a protein bar for two weeks and lost weight because I'd saved myself a 250 a day deficit. (laughs) It doesn't matter how you remove those calories. We obviously preferably want to be removing things that aren't as helpful to our goals. So we want to still be focusing on protein and veg, protein and veg, protein and veg, whole foods as much as you can and keeping your healthy fats in there. So, you know, if we're talking in terms of um, dietary fat, saturated fats, less preferable um but are just a part of of our diet um but if we can move towards more you know oily fish nuts seeds avocado that sort of thing then great um but you know it's not removing one food like low fat diets we're seeing more and more evidence they are just not helpful for women especially hormonally we need to keep those healthy fats in there um and you're also going to feel really rubbish if you start restricting things so what i would say is just rational sensible approach and keeping things um just really trying to nourish yourself yeah it's like it's such boring advice it's not exciting it's not oh here's a fat burner pill and you're gonna cut your carbs and we're gonna it's, it's not exciting it's not drastic and that is what works but people want like the next quickest best thing what are the kardashians doing oh there's this new diet where you cut this out oh i'm gonna drink apple cider vinegar and only eat Munch too. I don't know why that went into my Munch head. Of <laughs> all the things I could have thought of, you know, like it's literally not, not crazy. It's simple. It's basic. It's mm-hmm. boring, and it works forever. Yeah. And the clients that follow it, that do it, are like, wow, I yeah. can't believe I, it's, all it's I had this, to do was yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty straightforward. That doesn't mean it's not. It's you know. It's yeah. Easy. It's simple, it's, but it's not always yeah, easy. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, so another myth, <laughs> fat turns to muscle. Yeah. Lots of people favorites. say, yeah, my body fat is turning to muscle. Uh, not quite. So when you lose body fat, you are actually either exhaling it out or excreting it out essentially, but it's not t- changing into your muscle. Yeah. You are losing your body fat wherever that's going to go after. And then you're building muscle slowly. So 
fat loss is a quicker process than building muscle. So I think there's also another myth around, um, oh, I'm not losing weight or the scales aren't going down because I'm building muscle. And that's not also true, unfortunately. Um, like over time, yeah, the scales will get, uh, what's the word? Will be affected by building muscle, but building muscle is such a slow, long process that it's not, uh, it's not tit for tat. It's not body fat's coming down, muscles going up at the same rate. Not at all. Muscle um, fat loss is much quicker. So if the scales aren't going down that week or the following week, it isn't because you've gained a pound of muscle. Unfortunately, I wish. Otherwise, we'd be walk- we'd be massive. I mean, we'd be walking around <laughs> jacked if we were gaining that amount of muscle. But um, no, if you if the scales haven't gone down for a week or possibly two, it could be water retention because you've had a little bit more salt or a little bit more carbs or higher food volume or around your period or you've got massive poo or alcohol, or alcohol. yeah, <laughs> lots or of stress mm-hmm. or all of these things in conjunction with each other. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of reasons. And so if you think about like fat is a tissue in itself, just like muscle is, they can't they're not interchangeable. It's like saying my eyes are turning into my ears, like <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they they don't change into other things, they don't morph into other things. Like fat is a tissue in itself with its own function. Um and fat is not bad. Mm-hmm. Let's stop demonizing poor fat. I want to do a whole podcast on just fat yeah. because I don't think we really understand what it is and yeah. and that it has importance in our bodies um yeah. it's just yeah. something that everybody wants to get rid of poor yeah. fat i know poor I feel fat, bad for fat. For yeah poor fat <laughs> and the confusion between dietary fat and body fat so mm-hmm. people think oh low fat mm-hmm. diet means mm-hmm. i'll lose body mm-hmm. fat and it it doesn't mean that yeah so when for example the keto diet they're like oh i'm burning fat because i'm eating fat that's just not what's happening there is if you've got oh i heard this really good analogy you've got a fire and you put wood on the fire so the fire's gonna burn wood if you put coal on the fire the fire's gonna burn coal if you eat fat your body's going to burn dietary fat yeah that's not the same as body fat you're not losing more body fat because you're eating more fat Mm -hmm. you're also not going to lose more fat by cutting all out either yeah so we need healthy fats in our diet like you said earlier hormones and whatnot Mm -hmm. So don't cut your fat, don't cut your carbs, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Just, yeah, I think it's, we, again, it's the pendulum, isn't it? It's like, don't, we don't need to do anything extreme. Um, nothing should be removed completely from your diet because we need all things. It's just that if you do have a fat, a fat loss goal, it probably means that you've been over-consuming calories and you know we all do that from time to time and it's nothing to feel bad about it's it's um we we just need to bring that back into balance really um right where are we um muscle weighs more than fat that's kind of what we've yeah so muscle takes up less space than fat and it is more dense and it is more compact and looks more tidy i guess is probably twice yeah it's the best way to um to talk about it obviously fat you um you think about like and and also somebody having cellulite is not an indicator of like how high body fat 
percentage they have although sometimes that you know generally there will be a higher occurrence of cellulite on a higher body fat um but that is genetic as well you know some people can be really really slim naturally and still have cellulite but it's if you think about that it's the uneven um cellular makeup of of fat that you can visibly see under the skin um whereas muscle is much smoother um but yeah they weigh the same five pounds is five pounds five pounds as you have here a great note yes five pounds (laughs) is five pounds whether that's muscle or fat but the muscle will just take up less space essentially awesome any other myths or questions that you had from your peeps? Um, so we had one today. How to get myself back into training after a period of time out. So this person <clears throat> has um, had a little bit of time off training for personal reasons and has just had a holiday. So what I would be saying is, yeah, just don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, start steady. And I know you have been doing, you know, just sort of steady walks and things like that. Um, and don't set your expectations of yourself based on what you were doing, you know, six weeks ago. Because, yes, we can get back there, but not necessarily, you know, you're going to come back after a week and be able to do everything that you could before. And, and I think just try and be like manage your expectations and be realistic about those. Um and just remember that it is the small things that like just doing the small things consistently and remember that everything is temporary. So, you know, whatever happens, I mean, I've just had a holiday and I came back and I felt quite bloated and um, I'd gone in on the buffet, really enjoyed it, <laughs> not probably moved as much as I would have done at home, but I knew it's a week and then after a week, I feel fine again because what I did on the Monday was just came back and got into my usual routine, my usual habits, got back to my movement, let my digestion settle down again. And it's just that little bit of patience and trying to be rational with yourself that when you get back from your holiday that you just go, right, what would I normally do in a in a regular week? And what do I feel like I'm capable of achieving today? Yeah, exactly. And and starting with what you enjoy as well, you know, you don't need to jump straight into, you know, horrible things that you don't enjoy, like sloggy cardio or whatever, like find what you enjoy and, and keep doing those little bits and then build on that. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, there's, it's going to be sh- a struggle bus <laughs> to yeah, get completely. to wherever you want to be. So make sure you're enjoying it. But the amount of times I've had, had injuries and had time off and had to come back this is like really familiar for me mm. of like, oh God, how do I get back there? And to be honest, the biggest thing for me, I think, was it was more about other people's expectations of where I should be at. I was Completely. stepping back into the gym thinking, oh God, they're all expecting me to be able to whack out 100 kilo deadlift easy and I'm I'm at 30 kilos again. Mm-hmm. I'm back to square one. And coming back off this back injury, this last one is the first time I'd be like, I don't care what other people think. I am where I am. This is what I can do. And as long as I just keep moving forwards at my own pace, then I'll get there. And it's yeah. mentally been the best comeback from an injury that I've had because I didn't care about the weight, didn't care about what other people thought I should or shouldn't be lifting or how fit I should and shouldn't be. I just went at my own pace, did the workouts that I enjoy, made sure I prioritised nutrition and movement and sleep, and I feel great. 
That's good. Let's get, I'm getting there. I'm pleased for you. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're completely right. It's so hard, isn't it? And I think if for anybody that is training in a group um, environment, like you've got to remember to... And I was discussing this with someone this morning as well, like the zoom out, that you kind of should be only comparing yourself to you um, six months ago, you a year ago. Like, what are you doing now? If you if it's the technique that's improved, if your confidence is improved, um, maybe you're not lifting so much more weight, or you know somebody else can lift, you know, ten kilos heavier than you or whatever. It doesn't matter because they're not you, and they've probably got other priorities and or less priorities. Um, and also, you know, if you, especially if you've been injured, like give yourself a break. I went out yesterday and did my first run since I broke my toe. Since pinky toe game. Yeah, and I really was like, the weather's really foggy and it's cold, but John was going and I was like, right, well, if he's going, I'm going to go with him. I'm not having... Couple girls. I'm not having... that. Well, we had a little friend with us. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, well, I've just got to do it. I've just got to go and try and see. Um, and it was just really steady and I was like, I'm not going to try and like, you know, run fast. Uh, and I want... The main thing for me is running and not re-injuring myself mm-hmm. and not that I'm going to break my toe when I'm running but you know I have a a, a long lasting niggle that I'm trying to look after and you know I'm never going to be Mo Farah but well really? <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the goal you had but yeah I think like just to have that goal of like I'm just going to go out and I want to enjoy it and I want to feel like oh good I can I can do this again two or three days later and build it up that way and just be patient about it um, but yeah, it's it's like we're in it for the long game. Mm-hmm. It's not like I read something as well the other day that I was like, yes, I really like that. That fitness that hasn't got an end point. Yeah, like there is no like you get to something and then it's all over. Like you don't yeah, you have to it. yeah complete well it, mate. Yeah, like it's constant. We should be looking at like we want to be able to enjoy our health and fitness and going to the gym or going to dance classes or going to jujitsu or whatever it is that you love doing and and being able to do that for a really long time. Yeah, that bang on exactly. So I remember, so New Year is when obviously everybody sets their goals, think about the year ahead. This was the first year I came into the new year without any weightlifting goals. I wasn't like, right, 120 on my back squat, 150 dead, whatever. I had no numbers at all. I was like, I want to be able to get through this year as pain-free as possible Mm -hmm. and enjoy my training. And I want to be able to take my members on adventure days and actually be able to join in because I'm not injured or crippled because I've pushed myself too hard. That was it. Mm -hmm. There was no pressure on on how much weight I'll be lifting, any competitions. Just simply wanted to enjoy it. And it's been such a good year mentally for training for me, not having the pressure of needing to reach for a certain thing. Like, it's good to have goals, but I've been doing it so long now. And, constant, you know, with years and years of football, there was always a what's next. Then there was weightlifting, what's next. Like, always striving for something. It was nice to just kind of take my foot off the gas a little bit and just enjoy what I was doing and try different things and mm-hmm. take up jiu-jitsu work on handstands for a bit or whatever it's gonna be so yeah i think just a little less pressure on ourselves a little more enjoyment about it and realizing it's gonna be forever like unless you know you're just trying to get an olympic gold and tick that box like you've got a lot of years left to come so yeah make it enjoyable yeah. Yeah. yeah make it enjoyable and also yeah i think it just does 
if you if you're not constantly chasing something and you're you can sort of settle into um and I'm not saying be complacent either because you know we all want to be moving forward constantly mm-hmm. but it's the baby steps it's the little things isn't it that then you can look back and go oh wow like all those little things did add up yeah <laughs> yeah and you know it works it's just the same as with you know if you've got a fat loss or a body composition goal where you're trying to build muscle so if you're trying to build muscle it is like the little little repeated actions of you know the mundane the boring the you know the same things repeated and accepting that that's how it is like that doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable but it's repetitive that's you know it's that again we talked about it the other week progressive overload you've just got to keep doing the same thing and adding on and improving and you know focusing on that good technique and focusing on what am i aiming to use here what body part am i aiming to use here and really work with intention um and just yeah stack those little habits and keep moving forward in those really small ways and you'll be surprised like the time's passing and you're going to get you know we're going to be in february march april may or this time next year like what do you want to look back and be like oh, i'm really proud or pleased with how much progress i've made and at the time it felt really small but actually it's pretty major mm-hmm. yeah and it's when it it's when it's small steps that you feel even when you're not making massive leaps and bounds that's when it's easier to give up because you're like i'm not seeing massive changes you know what is the point and it's that is the point is that the change is small it isn't massive and that's what's consistent and that's going to be your long term when you can look back in 12 months i think a lot of people kind of overestimate what they can do in like six weeks mm-hmm. but underestimate how different their mm-hmm. life could be in 12 months yeah completely. and it's the patience of where could you be in 12 months not just this six week shred or whatever yeah. they're aiming for yeah but I, do, I think you know we are again driven to these quick fixes and we want everything yesterday and part of the like enjoyment and celebration uh, of of achieving something is knowing how much work you've put in over time like that you didn't just do a juice cleanse for a week like it's more impressive if you've managed to keep that like an odd that that's set you off on a I don't know a reset if you want and again I'm inverted commas here of of feeling good and then being able to be in a mindset of I want to continue to feel good because I've noticed that because I'm not eating what I normally eat where it makes me feel sluggish it makes me feel tired I've got no energy I'm bloated um you know you've gone to maybe a week of really much healthier eating and you're like wow my skin looks better my I feel more hydrated my digestion feels better like all of those again small things that then that sets you off on a path of going well I want to continue to feel good and then you keep doing that for another three six nine twelve onwards in your life like that's what's impressive yeah like being able to actually um stick with something and be and be consistent over a long period of time and that's what you should you know they're the kind of things that you should be really proud of yourself for doing because anybody can do a quick fix anybody can do a two-week diet yeah not many people can maintain that level of consistency for months and months and months and months and months yeah and it's those people that do that get to reap the reward down the line yeah 
and that again patience and acceptance that it's it's not a race kids (laughs) calm down just calm down slow down that is a great australian accent thank you so much i was gonna i was gonna tie with you then and just say it was irish or something um another question how do i know if i'm in maintenance yeah, is that me? Yeah, <laughs> you can do that. Well, yeah, I okay. don't know if I'm in maintenance. So, if you're in a calorie surplus, your weight over time will go up. If you're in a calorie deficit, your weight over time will go down. If you're at calorie maintenance, your weight over time will remain the same. Um, and calorie maintenance is actually a really good place to be at. I think a lot of times we always talk it's about... the dream. Yeah. We talk about calorie deficits a lot because that is what is needed for fat loss and that is what people are listening to us for is generally they want to lose Mm -hmm. body fat but maintenance you can lose body fat on maintenance and you can build strength and muscle at maintenance you could feel great on maintenance it's a great place to be it's where i've been all this year for the first time in my life maintenance all year and it's or slightly surplus perhaps but yeah it's a great place your energy everything feels feels like good and so if you're at maintenance cows you can still build muscle on that if you're getting your nutrition right um but yeah you know you're at maintenance if your weight is remaining pretty much the same oh, a couple of pounds yeah and there. there is not a singular magic number on maintenance either because you can it might be within you know 300 calories um and it you know if you think about like what you do over a week um or even over a month like how your activity might vary, how, you know, some weeks you have, um, especially cyclically with periods um, and your menstrual cycle, like you'll have a week where your um, calorie intake might be lower because your appetite is much lower. And then into the last week of your cycle where you actually want to eat everything inside and maybe more carbohydrates or higher sugar foods. Um, and, you know, then over the month, your as long as sort of your your calories are staying the same on average then that's where you're going to be you're going to hit you're going to hit that maintenance and it it isn't a set number because it's really about energy balance it's about how much is going in versus how much are going out so you you know you might have a, a month where you eat a bit more but you're also more active yep. so then you're still in balance and and vice versa um yeah, I think if your weight is staying the same on scale, week to week, month to month, you pretty, you know, you're nailing life, really. Yeah. If that's where you want to be. If, yeah, if that's where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, for, for anyone that we, you know, we go through with clients who have fat loss goals, getting to a place where you are happy with what you've achieved and you're like actually do you know what like, I w- I'm happy and I want to stay here that's the bit and it's often the hardest bit isn't it maintenance for people because especially when you've been in a deficit and then all of a sudden we say oh well you can eat all of this, this. Food, yeah you yeah. can eat all of this now and you can still maintain it's quite scary it's quite a thing to navigate for for yeah. people especially if they've worked really hard and they're like I don't want to go back. Like, I feel really good. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, when you've been in a calorie deficit for a long time and you've lost body fat and now it's kind of time to go back up to maintenance and, and chill for a little bit, it can feel like you're eating so much more food. And that's where working with a coach is super important because someone that can step out of it and say, this isn't that much food, this is maintenance. Mm-hmm. So like, 
for women particularly, we're so used to seeing that we just need to eat tiny mouse-sized portions of salads. And, I mean, a bit of a sweeping statement that's, like, not all women, obviously, but generally women do fear eating anything more than 1,600 calories. I mean, there's a lot of women out there thinking 1,200 calories, 14 mm-hmm. is a lot, and it's like, no, hun. Like, we need to be eating more. You, you are fun- a functioning human adult. You need more I'm, food than I, that. I, this is, like, that 900-calorie diet. I'm like, my child eats more than that. <laughs> like, yeah. I um, I don't know how anybody does Functions. that. Yeah, I don't know how anybody does that. It blows my mind. But it also blows my mind that somebody would think that that's that that you know we think as a as a society or as as well anyone women or men. All right, well if I do that, then that's you know and and that's doable. Like that's not that's not doable. No, people don't do it. <laughs> just don't, just don't bother. Please don't do it. You can, you can probably eat more calories than you think you can, and still lose body fat if that's your goal. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like where where the calories are coming from and whatnot, because food volume makes a difference as well. I've got mm-hmm. clients who are eating masses amounts of food, but it's so nutrient dense. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh god, I'm so full. Look at all this food I've eaten, because mm-hmm. they're packing it in with fruit and veg and fiber and protein so food volume is is super important as well to feel like you're full satisfied you're getting big meals in um and not just the small little chocolate bar or whatever it is that's super high cal is not going to really keep you full yeah because what you eat matters um you can you know it's always i think a surprise and a bit of a revelation for people when they start switching up of like going oh i don't really eat much and but it's a sandwich and it's a chocolate bar and then it's a sausage roll yeah but those calories equate to a really lovely omelet and some salad and then some fish and some uh, stir fry veg for lunch and a jacket potato with even you know oh a jacket potato and beans like Am I allowed to eat that? White potato? Am I allowed? Often you say then. (laughs) I thought jacket potatoes were bad. No. You know, if you're going to coat it with like a full bag of of cheese (laughs) and three knobs of butter, then maybe we've got a little problem. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with the actual potato and having a jacket potato with something that, you know, some tuna with low-fat mayo or something like that is great. Uh, But yeah, I think that's that's the revelation. It's like you can eat quite a lot of food if... You're eating like whole foods and foods that are you know a lot of nutrients, and you can really get the volume in without like really increasing the calories. Mm. Um, I've forgotten completely what the original point was. We were on maintenance oh, we cows. Yeah, we've gone it. from maintenance cows. Now to... all I can think is, who <laughs> thought of calling a knob of butter knob? Like, is a knob a? Is that like a actual measurement size? <laughs> You said it, and I was I like, I think what? they were talking no. about willies. <laughs> no. I wasn't going down the willy room. Well, a knob like a doorknob. But, like, you said three knobs of butter, and it's like, why is it called a knob? I don't know. We need to Google it. I'll Google that after this podcast. So if anyone That's knows where my the, brain goes. If anyone knows the answer, you can message me or Lauren and clarify. Clarify I don't why, know why it's, it's called, called a knob. A knob. Of butter. A oh, knob they call like it a pat. Never heard that one. You've never heard of pat of butter? No. That makes me think of a cow pat. Yeah. But the pats are usually square. So how do you know how big a knob is? If I said to a client, put a knob of butter on your potato, how big's a knob? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to call this podcast episode, How Big's Your Knob? 
We're going to have to do that. What is a knob? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Any, we've done that. Any other questions? Any Anything else you want to add? And we know what's going to happen is we're going to be really annoyed because we'll end this. We'll forget. Yeah. We'll end it and we'll have forgotten to say something that we wanted to say. No, I think we've covered all the questions, a couple of myths. If you guys have any questions, please just DM us or put them in our boxes when we put them up on um, stories and we will answer them. Lauren loves stuff in a box. I love stuff in my box. Just everybody in my box, jump on in. <laughs> and on that note, my bombshell. Au revoir, mon chéri. Oh, lovely. Bye, guys. <laughs>